First of all, I want to admit as a womanist, as a feminist, I don't always love the kind of father language at the front of the prayer. My daddy, hi dad, <laughs> is complicated, do you know? And so I'm not always trying to image God as dad. I'm much more interested in like the mother type God. My mother's soft curves and her big ample bosom and her warm soft lips and her kisses. If I'm imaging a parent, that's kind of where I go. But check this out. When Jesus calls God Father, when Jesus calls God, I always thought Abba in Hebrew. But actually, Jesus is speaking Aramaic. When Jesus calls God, Jesus calls God Abun. Jesus calls God Abun. Do you know what that is? That's Abba, Daddy, plus Un, womb. All right, somebody. When Jesus calls God Abun, Jesus is being a revolutionary in his time, commenting on the femaleness and the maleness of the parent God. And when Jesus calls God Abun, Jesus' nickname for God triumphs over the empire's name for God, which is Caesar. When Jesus calls God Abun, Jesus is saying, not that empire, God's empire strikes back. Not that violent, oppressive, capitalist, you know, power over Trump, tromping on the less than, castigating the marginalized God, stamped on your coins, Roman Empire? Jesus is saying, I have an intimate relationship with the God of the universe. The God of many names of the universe. The God who introduced God's self to Moses as Yahweh. Y-H-W-H, Y-H-W-H, the name in Hebrew meaning I am who I am or I will be who I will be or I will create whatever I feel like it or I am exactly who I intend to be always in the universe. I love that, <laughs> the complicated meaning of Yahweh, but like the causative one, the agent one, the life-creating one, the universe-creating one, I am who I am. It's such a holy name, our Jewish friends won't even say it out loud. Y-H-W-H, one of the names for God. Another name for God, God Almighty, El Shaddai. That appears a lot in the Hebrew text. El Shaddai, God of the mountains another nickname for God. Or, truthfully, y'all know I'm a geek about words, El Shaddai is actually, ready for it, God of the hills, or God of the breasts. Um, huh. El Shaddai means God of the breasts. Another nod to the female nature of God. Another nickname for God, commenting on God's femaleness, God's mercy, God's womb-likeness. Ab Wun, El Shaddai. Another name for God in the Hebrew text is El Roy, 
Jazzy tells us that when Hagar was cast out of the Sarah Abraham household out there in the wilderness about to die with her child, Ishmael, God makes an appearance, the only appearance God makes to a woman, really, the only real um, revelation of God to a woman, who names God El Roy, the God who sees. When Jesus calls God Abwun, Jesus, who is a Jew, speaking Aramaic, is picking up on all of these natures of God, so many natures of God, and boiling it down to an essence, a strong mercy, a mother, father, a protector, a guide, a nurturer, a healer. It's a revolutionary recasting. Not God as Caesar empire, but God as fierce love. Somebody say amen. When Jesus teaches, may your kingdom come, it is a revolutionary casting out of all of the characteristics of empire and inviting what God calls a reign down onto earth. Not wait till you die and parachute out into heaven, but bring to earth right now, in the real time, in the meantime, in the now time, the characteristics of the vision of heaven. And Jesus, again, who is a Jew, has in his mind all of these visions of heaven that are in the scriptures. Zechariah, a small minor prophet, describing heaven as a holy city in which old people get to sit on porches, rock in rocking chairs, I'm paraphrasing, eat banana pudding, drink lemonade, and watch the kids play in the streets, in the city streets. The kids playing in the city streets, shooting hoops, jumping double dutch. No gun drills for the kids in the city streets. No having to learn how to hide under their desks from bullets for the children in this holy city. The, the realm of God, the reign of God is safe for the old people and safe for the children, safe for the vulnerable, safe for the outside. That's Zechariah's vision. Isaiah sees a new heaven and a new earth in which there are no more tears and there is no more heartache and there is no more languishing and there is no more suffering. Isaiah sees worship as a rehearsal of the reign of God in which we relate to our kin with love and peace and blessing. This is the worship for the reign of God, where we feed the, the hungry and clothe the naked and make shelter for the ones who are outside and bring the homeless ones into our house. Isaiah's picture of the reign of God. John, the revelator's picture of the reign of God is another image of a city, Eden is now a city. It's, it's the city, it's the new city. And there's a river running through the city. Kind of like our city, but two, two rivers. But a river running through the city. And there are trees on either side of the river. Like, a, like an earth that is flourishing, not dying, not burning, not tsunamiing, but a healed and whole creation, right? Um, with the river running through it and the trees on either side flourishing with 12 kinds of fruit diverse fruit for the diverse people. This is what John the Revelator sees. So when Jesus says, your kingdom come, Abun, Jesus is praying, right now let us make on earth the promises of the reign of God in scripture, in heaven. Are you tracking with me? And this part, give us each our daily bread, or a translation could be bread for the morrow. 
Jesus is wanting to remind them that when they were hungry and they were getting across the wilderness and getting out of bondage and they didn't have food to eat, God had a menu for them. Quail dropping out of the sky. I mean, quail. I like quail. Uh, quail dropping out of the sky to make sure that they could eat. And manna falling out of the sky from heaven. I don't know about manna. It makes me think about porridge. But anyway, but, but, but a, a menu for them, right? on schedule, on time, and water gushing from the rock. Give us today our daily bread in an empire in which the poor were the poorest, just like our economy, billionaires and broke, right? Uh, because, and not that much in the middle. Jesus was saying, every day, God, make sure all of your people have what they need in order to survive. Socialism. Ish. Don't freak out. <laughs> I mean, you can make more money than somebody else, but everybody's got enough in God's economy. Everybody has enough. They're, we're not stepping over homeless people in God's economy. We're not trying to figure out how people are going to live under cardboard boxes on the street in God's economy. In God's economy, everybody has what they need, our daily bread what they need. And then this idea of forgiveness of debts. You know, you go to church and the Lord's Prayer, say trespasses, okay, no, say debts. You know, nobody cares. That's what we do. <laughs> tell you. If you go to a church and they got another thing, Lord's Prayer, trespasses. Lord's Prayer, debts. Like, I, I would get up and leave because it's got something to do with how they don't want you to be yourself. But Let's come back to that. Um, forgiving the, the debts in, in, in that Roman context, you went to jail because you got behind in your bills. And when you went to jail because you got behind in your bills, you got more behind in your bills, and you stayed in debtor's prison, and then you became a slave because you didn't have what you need, and nobody would pardon your sins, your trespasses. Your armartia is the Greek word, your debts. Forgive us, God, our debts, our what we owe you. You know, pardon it. Wipe the slate clean as we wipe the slate clean for each other. How many of us just hold on to old stuff? 20 years ago, you said exactly the same thing. And it hurt my feelings then. And it really hurts them now. We traffic in grudges. In the reign of God that Jesus is praying for every day, like God's mercies are new, our mercies are new for one another. Fresh starts, clean slates, do-overs. What's it called in golf? A mulligan? Is that right? I'm pretending like I know golf because I don't, but <laughs> John does. Hi, John. So this whole, this prayer is like the world as it can be. This prayer is a calling in of the world as it should be. Imagine this world, not something we say by rote on Sunday mornings, but imagine this prayer as our call to action because we say we love God. Imagine this prayer as our mission statement, our vision statement, because we're human. Imagine the world as this prayer prophesizes.
I need that world right now. And you do too, somebody. We need that world right now. We have to acknowledge that two years of COVID has knocked us off our economic socks. We need this prayer right now. We have to acknowledge that the grief and pain and heartache that we feel from being isolated away from each other for two years has us a little mad crazy. We need this prayer right now. We need this world right now. We have to acknowledge that we cannot bear our children unsafe in the streets or in the classrooms or in the movie theaters or at the grocery store or at the block party. We need this world right now. And I could not talk for the tears that came to my heart because you, middle family, you give me so much hope. You are the promise God is trying to keep. You are the living, breathing body of the living, breathing God. You have survived these two years and thrived with each other and held on to each other and cared for the older ones and loved on the little ones and made small groups, God forbid, in the Zoom squares. 670 of you found us in the COVID and called us home. You've been generous, you've been loving, you've been kind, you've been forgiving. You've shown up, you've shown out. You are this prayer. Does that scare you? Does it feel like a tall marching order? Yeah. I think we're doing it. And I think it's our job. And I think it's going to take all of us to keep up the good work and to make sure that all of the people understand God is the one they can nickname. And not to be afraid of God and not to loathe God and not to, you know, not to respond to God like a mean lover, but instead to respond to God like a partner, like an ally, like an accomplice, help me, like a friend, like a mentor, like a, like a co-creator, like a, like a wingman, yeah, like a, like a dance partner, woo, like a bodyguard, like a comrade, a psychic, a sidekick, a sidekick, I got it. I was like, okay, Gloria, <laughs> like a sidekick. <laughs> Psychic, what do you think? Like a what? Put it in the chat. What if instead we respond to God like what? Mi amor. Si. Es verdad. Like a father with a womb? Or like a mother with a... Like a, like a non-gendered but many-gendered they who knows how to take care of us and take care of us and walk with us and hold us.
and help us, Holy Spirit, to make the world heaven. Right now. What if we pray that way? May it be so.